What's up, Ego Hackers? Welcome to the C.S. Joseph Podcast. Today's episode, a bit little controversial, uh, because uh, I I had an interesting question uh, from uh, one of the Acolyte members, and uh, I am compelled to answer this one, and it's uh, definitely a complex question, more complex than usual, so... And I like questions with uh, complexity, more so than the... Hey CSJ, I'm gonna pay you money so that you can list out what careers I should do, and it's just like, really? You can't ask a better question than that. I really hate those questions. They have like no substance, no, not very much anything of value. But uh, yeah, whatever. I mean, who knows? Uh, but this particular question, uh, it's about SFPs, more specifically ESFPs and ISFPs. And uh, some of the things that they do in their life with uh, friends, family, uh, people they're intimate with. um, And ultimately, it's one of their habits and helping them determine or measure out whether or not a particular person is of any value to them. And uh, which is fascinating if you think about it. Very fascinating. So, but yeah, I'm going to light up a ye old Laranya here. That I enjoy muchly. So I love me uh, some Laranja, especially the orange ones, because they taste like creamsicles. Amazing. Uh, amazing cigar, if I do say so myself. It's uh, incredible. So, yeah. So, by now, uh, if you're you know a member of the ego hacker community, you're pretty familiar with uh, ESTPs and you know a lot of extroverted sensors, but especially ESTPs and ISTPs or Templar types doing something called loyalty checks uh, for people. And loyalty checks, loyalty checks are basically like, hey, I'm gonna push you away from me to see if you're gonna go or if you're going to come back I need to know if you're too pussy to stick around especially when I fail because if you're not able to be able to stick around when I push you away there's no way you're gonna be there when I actually need you to be there for me and that's that's their logic that's their general thinking as to what they do when they push people away in that matter and it's it's entirely annoying it's it's disgusting honestly I hate trust checks but the thing is is that Everyone is guilty of checks of some kind, you know, in their life. Mine included. I mean, I'm an ENTP. What do ENTPs do? What do Crusader types do? Crusader types have this thing where we do trust checks. And trust checks is entirely annoying because we'll uh, we'll create scenarios, basically, to, like, force our partner or our friends or even our family to prove to us that they trust us, basically. And it's kind of like we'll take our own behavior to the edge and see if, uh, if we're still trusted, even though we've like gone to the edge, et cetera, with our behavior. And that's trust checking. That's kind of 
how we determine, you know, whether or not to keep people in our lives. And it's especially common amongst envy types, ISFJs and ENTPs. We are all about the trust checks. And the Wayfarers. The Wayfarers have a way of doing things, in as much as the Philosophers have a way of doing things. I bet you figured out already what the Philosopher won. I've, I've slightly hinted at it in other videos, and it probably deserves an entire video in its own right. I mean, it does. But basically, uh, it has to do with uh, making people jump through hoops, right? We'll have to... Uh, We'll have to talk about that later in a, in a different episode. But this episode is mostly about wafers, but most, most specifically ESFPs and ISFPs. That's not to say that ENTJs don't do this. That's not to say that INTJs don't do this. But it's the most prevalent with the concrete types, the concrete, uh, the concretes of the wafers, which are the SFPs. And this is, um, this is their, their version of checks that they do on other people. Now, it's kind of easy to detect because... They are, you know, their golden pairs are the SFJs, ESFJ, ISFJ. And what are the SFJ types out of the 16, you know, most known for? It's their capacity to serve others. It's their capacity to um, self-deprecate, uh, make decisions based on guilt, being motivated by guilt, giving choices to other people, being very loyal, sticking around, etc., and uh, they oftentimes will sell themselves short for the sake of other people in their life. This, this can ultimately lead to um, you know, the, the manipulative uh, response to that known as covert contracting. It's like, hey, I do all this goodwill and I do all these great things for you and I serve you, so when I actually need you to serve me, you better serve me because if you don't, I'm going to punish you for it. Even though... I never actually told you that I was going to expect that from you at some point in time. And uh, based on that, uh, based on that, you know, it's, it's a form of entitlement, ultimately, covert contracting. I mean, if you're going to do someone a favor and expect something in return, you're being really transactional. This is a constant discussion that I have with Railgun on a regular basis, actually. Because... And I'm trying to, you know, I'm trying to teach, I'm trying to teach her that, you know, give and it shall be given to you. Sometimes you do people favors for the sake of just doing them a favor, not because you expect something in return. And oftentimes what I've noticed is that SP types, especially STPs, because they're extroverted feeling, STPs often do people favors and they expect immediate return on that investment. They expect an immediate favor. Well, the SFJs, they do favors for people, but then they expect a long-term favor later, and they oftentimes don't even tell people of that long-term favor. This is known as the form of manipulation, known as covert contracting, which we have discussed heavily. In the Virtue and Vice lectures within uh, Season 7, Part 1, which is an available playlist here on the YouTube channel, I actually go into this at length in the ESFJ episode, which I believe is Season 7, Episode 5. So within Season 7, Episode 5, you kind of can learn about core contracts. But SFPs, you know, you know, or excuse me, and you know, in those SFJs, you know, they do, they do trust checks. They do trust checks with their lovers. They do trust checks with their, with their partners. That's kind of like their approach to it. But how do SFPs approach it? What do SFPs and potentially NTJs, 
what do SFPs do to see whether or not someone is valuable enough to be in their life, right? And and this is and, and in my opinion, my opinion, this is the worst form. I would rather have STP loyalty checks. I would rather have Crusader or you know Templar loyalty checks, Crusader based um, trust checks over this because. What I've noticed that SFPs do, they do something called, and to me, to me, it's entirely vile. By the way, it's entirely vile. Um, but you know, I'm biased. I'm, I'm I'm a very biased person when it comes to this point of view. So excuse me, you know. But uh, what SFPs do, ESFPs, ISFPs, what they do, they do something called sacrificial checks. What are sacrificial checks? So from a psychological perspective, they literally make the people closest to them sacrifice things for them and the more those people sacrifice for them then that means they're worth keeping around in their life you see what i'm saying like how ridiculous is that it's that insane but that's what these people do that's what they do sacrifice checks to the point where they end up making it seem to the sfjs in their life they make it end up seeming like oh yeah it's your responsibility you know that like your value is based on whether or not you're willing to make sacrifices for me. Great. Great. You know, it's like, okay, am I, am I supposed to worship at your feet, you know? Am I supposed to make sacrifices for you? And that could be sacrifices in time, money, resources, favors. Doesn't matter. It could be adjusting my entire schedule to be around them, dropping everything that I'm doing in a moment and sacrifice an entire, like, half a day just for them right? Because, you know, they need to know that C.S. Joseph is very, you know, dependable. You know, if I'm going to be in a sexual relationship with him, I need to know that he's willing to, you know, drop everything for me on, you know, at the, at the drop of a hat in case I need him because I'm always there for him. I mean, at least their FI functions delusionally like to believe that they're always there for you when the reality of the situation is they're not. They're actually the least there for you out of all of the types. SFPs, I've come to realize, are the most unreliable of all the types. They're the ones who like to pretend and be delusional about being there for others. They like to claim they're the most loyal, but they're actually, they're not. They're really not. And while I understand the INFP penchant for treachery, because that's their vice, also talked about in Season 7, Part 1, that would be Episode 16 of Season 7. Or it might be Episode 17. I don't remember if there was an introduction episode in that, but I don't think so. But... Within the INFP episode, I talk about how, you know, they're the most loyal of the 16 types, but they can also be the most treacherous at the same time because they like to go back and forth between extremes, right? That's because they're so desperate for authority and power within their life, and they feel like if they have feelings of powerlessness, that's when they get treacherous until they find the person or thing that can help them, you know, gain more personal power. So... I mean, I, I mean that, that's fair. But for me to, like, have to, you know, if, I, if I'm to, quote, earn, which is a lie, the affections of an SFP, for example, an SFP woman, basically, her doing sacrifice checks on me to, like, you know, to see, like, hey, you know, if you're willing to, you know, sacrifice for me, then, then you're a cool dude. You're someone worth keeping me around. And to which I just balk at that. And I'm just like, you are entirely ridiculous. You have to understand that I, like, it, it, is, it is a privilege for myself to be in your life, not the other way around. 
I am not privileged because you are in my life. You are privileged because you are in my life. And the idea that I have to like go through some bullshit sacrifice checks in order for you to even like me is ridiculous. And it's funny because SFPs in my life will be the ones to complain that, you know, oh, you're not there for me. You're not willing to bend over backwards for me. You're, you know, uh, like I invest in you and I'm not getting much return on my investment. This is bullshit, you know. And I'm just like, excuse me? I've given way more to you than you've given to me. It's not my fault that you constantly forget about all of my contributions to you and only remember your contributions to me to the point where, and even then, sometimes you don't, but, you know. So from an SFP point of view, they end up being entitled, entitled to my sacrifice for them. And the thing is, it's like oftentimes, especially when these women are, are like in transition phase or security phase or post-development phase when they're, you know, statistically more attracted to beta males in their life, these are the women, if they're with like some alpha-oriented guy, they'll cheat on the alpha for the beta and they'll want to be with the beta. Uh, why? Because that beta is willing to sacrifice for them. And they like to claim that this is what chivalry is all about. Though that's not what chivalry even is. You know, and, and, and eventually, like, these women, they enjoy this man, you know, sacrificing for her over and over and over. And then eventually she'll just come to hate him and come to disrespect him anyway. And then we'll cheat on him too. Right? So, does, so you're damned if you do, damned if you don't. At least, you know, from a masculine feminine point of view, if these female SFPs are expecting you to sacrifice for them. Here's the thing, though, like... What, what happens when you reverse the genders? SFP males entirely expect sacrifices to be made for them. For example, I actually have an example, uh, the, the worst example I've ever seen of it happen. And it actually happened to Railgun, personally. So this is a story from Railgun's life. So, her mother is an ISFJ. And she worked for a certain business. And then one day, this is after her divorce, one day some dude randomly showed up. He was uh, working for uh, heating and cooling, you know, trying to get some permits, whatnot, from her office. And just got talking to her, asked her out. They started dating and whatnot. Then eventually they got married. You know, this is my uh, ESFP. Uh, this is the ESFP stepfather of Railgun. Railgun stepdad. And Railgun's an ESTP. And things got pretty tense between her and him. Uh, and she was like a teenager at this time when this went down. But it got to a point where this ESFP ended up laying down an ultimatum. Basically telling his INSFJ wife, which is Railgun's mother, basically telling her, hey, you know, you're going to have to pick between your daughter or you're going to have to pick between me. Me or your daughter telling her that he expects her to sacrifice her daughter for the sake of their marriage. Now, hold on. I know that makes him sound like a total douchebag, so let's let's examine this a little bit more. What's actually happening there? It should be no secret, especially to members of this audience, it should be absolutely no secret that when it comes down to it, women will always put their children above you. They will always put their children above their men. They will always do that. Always. So, and in fact, they're supposed to. Women are supposed to put their children above their men. It's one of the reasons why I argue that uh, a polygynous relationship 
is potentially superior because when a woman has a child, a man should have another woman to take care of him while that woman is taking care of the child. It's only natural. But for some reason in the United States of America, we are expected to just settle for just one woman and that woman is expected to also raise that child potentially by herself without any support, no support from her fellow sisters, you know, no support from the mature feminine, maybe a little bit of support from her mother if her mother's alive or even nearby, or, you know, like, uh, or from uh, her in-laws, but how often does that even work? Most of the time, uh, wives, uh, mother-in-laws end up hate, they end up hating each other anyway, statistically, so what's the point? So, from that point of view, that's not exactly sustainable. And this is one of the reasons why the nuclear family ends up destroying children, ends up destroying women. They oftentimes, because a woman is not supposed to raise her child by herself. She's supposed to have a support structure. A support structure of potentially her mother and her grandmother are still alive, and potentially sister wives to a point where they can all wet nurse each other's children, help each other out, you know, with their different skills because they're all different types, etc to improve the situation. This is one of the reasons why if you look at female relationships with other females versus male relationships with other males, male relationships, because male relationships are all about the bro-ham, the bro-mance, etc. You don't break the bro code. They're very affiliative. And because they have that affiliative nature about them, men end up preferring compatible relationships with men. Whereas women, because they're very pragmatic when they get together, Oftentimes, women prefer camaraderie-based relationships for friends. This is why you see a bunch of INTJ women having ESFP friends or INFJ women having a bunch of ESTP friends. Super high camaraderie types usually is what ends up happening. I mean, for example, Railgun is friends with her conflict type and ENFJ, and it's so fascinating to watch. But then when I look at, when I look at my friends... Uh, I have more compatible relationships amongst my friends than I do actually have camaraderie-based relationships. So if you're going to look at a Pareto distribution, a Pareto principle, 80-20, for men it's 80% compatible relationships with 20% camaraderie amongst their fellow male friends. And for women, it's 80% camaraderie with 20% compatibility amongst their female friends, right? And this, and this can end up like, you know, changing the dynamics further. Especially when you're considering that, you know, people expect sacrifices to be made. SFPs expecting sacrifices to be made. And that's exactly what happened to Railgun. That ultimatum was given to her mother, and her mother, who didn't want to lose out in her second marriage, ended up, you know, fighting pretty hard uh, for her daughter, but ended up actually, you know, kicking out Railgun from her home. And that was, you know, it's a really rough, uh, sad story, and she ended up couch surfing for a while while she was a teenager, Right. Now, granted, you know, Railgun, you know, is, was is self-admittedly was pretty rough to deal with as a teenager, to be fair. So I'm not saying that these people are all bad. There's definitely a lot of bad to go around, and it's not like I'm blaming or, or putting blame on anyone, right? But the reality of the situation is, is that this is how SFPs act. They expect people, especially the people that are closest to them, to be willing to make sacrifices for, the, for them. And sometimes they get insecure about whether or not people closest to them are willing to do those sacrifices for them. So they test other people by making those other people make even arbitrary sacrifices. Completely arbitrary sacrifices. 
just to test the relationship, just to see if those people are loyal enough to be willing to take a hit for them, basically. Now, I said earlier that I find that pretty vile. I do. One of the reasons why is because as an ENTP, I'm very biased against that. My bias is that as an ENTP, my number one need is to be trusted. And if anyone is expecting me to make a sacrifice check for them, that tells me inherently that I'm not being trusted. And how dare they put their insecurity over their trust in me. So in my life, that's not going to fly. And if I was in a relationship with an SFP, that would be instant grounds for, yeah, I'm breaking up with you, get out of my life, I don't ever want to have anything to do with you ever again. Like, it's just not going to happen. I don't care, I don't care how fine an ass they have. I don't care if they have the most perfect tits in the world. They're, they're out of my life. They can't do that to me. But that's not to say that they don't do it to other people. I mean, just because I have boundaries and I enforce my boundaries doesn't mean other people, men or women, are, are going to do that. It doesn't mean it's going to happen, always. So, and the thing is, is that doing sacrifice checks, especially when they're being insecure, just like when STPs or Templars are insecure, they do, uh, <laughs> they do loyalty checks, uh, you know, uh, trying to find out if other people can do favors for them, you know, or, or you know, stick around when they fail, etc. Loyalty checks, right? Or when Crusaders are insecure, they end up doing trust checks, right? Well, for the Wayfarers, especially the SFPs, it's all about sacrifice checks. It's like, are you willing to take a hit for me? Are you loyal enough to take a hit for me? Even if I'm completely in the wrong, or even if it's completely arbitrary, I need you to prove yourself to me. Even if that means you have to cut your leg off. No, no, that's that's hyperbole. Obviously, that's 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 an exaggeration. But the spirit of what I'm saying is still present, right? It's still present, and that's the thing. That's the thing about people, folks. You got to realize that everyone, not no one, is better than anyone else. Everyone has their own bad habits and their hang-ups, trust checks, sacrifice checks, loyalty checks. Everyone has some kind of check for relationships. I'm just revealing to you folks now what the SFP one is. Super important. So anyway, folks, thanks for watching, and I'll see you guys in the next episode.